1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Episode 3 of the Take It or Leave It podcast. I'm your host, J-Rod, and I'm very excited to welcome all of you back as we do this NBA free agency edition of the Take It or Leave It podcast on this Monday night, a few days removed from the start of the NBA free agency period. Now, before we begin, I would just like to announce that my podcast is now officially up on iTunes, undertake it or leave it. I am very excited about that as we are trying to expand our horizons and make ourselves available on many different platforms. So you can use the podcast or the iTunes app on your iPhone to gain access to this very podcast. A lot of you guys have called in and, you know, you share your thoughts and you share your takes on many things that we talk about so you can always hear yourself back and share with your friends by viewing this podcast on those apps by subscribing to the podcast you will get updates whenever a new episode is uploaded and you'll be able to download it directly to your iphone so i would truly truly appreciate it and i just want to say thank you to all of you in advance you guys have been amazing the support has been crazy and it's always fun to discuss sports with you guys so just wanted to thank you guys for that So without further ado, I would like to welcome in my special co-host for this week's episode of the Take It or Leave It podcast, my boy Chris from Queens. What's up, Chris? How you doing?
2: Yo, 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 yo. Doing pretty good, man. Excited to be here and talk a little bit of the situation with the free agency. So thanks for having me on, man.
1: Listen, man, we're definitely excited to have you on our show this week. And I just wanted to say thank you for bringing yourself onto the show, man. We appreciate it.
2: Well, Thanks for having me, man. Excited. It's been a crazy week in free agency, right?
1: It has. It has. It's been a crazy past few weeks uh, with the NBA draft. And now this past week, everybody's going buck wild, but it's fun. It's a lot, a lot of fun. So um, I'm excited.
2: Yep, yep. Same here. So Let's get to it.
1: All right. So for those of you listening in, the beauty of this podcast is that you guys don't have to sit here and listen to us talk. Instead, you have the opportunity to be actively involved in the show by calling in and sharing your thoughts. So for everybody out there who is listening, if you are interested, keep the number in mind. It's 646-564-9820. As we get into, into tonight's topics, please feel free to call in at any point in time to express your opinions and takes on the hottest topics in sports, more specifically this week in the NBA. Again, the number is 646 646- five six four nine eight two zero now for the house rules which I have to mention we only have two rules on the show one is that you please refrain from using profanity and the other is that we always remain respectful all right it's a good time for the NBA right now we're excited for tonight's show and we're gonna have a lot of fun. Chris and I are on social media so you can be sure to follow us Chris is on Instagram at C underscore there's actually eight of them. C underscore times eight Z and for myself I'm on my Instagram at Mr. J Rod with two Y's and my Twitter is J Montana double N double A Chris you ready bro
2: I'm ready man let's do it
1: all right let's do it before we start I noticed I just want to put this out there Jason Tatum hit the go the go ahead bucket for the Celtics in the summer league game putting them up by one point with five seconds left they, they were able to seal the deal off so as a Celtics fan that was nice for me to see, so just wanted to throw that out there. He's pretty good, and, and actually, uh, Jalen Brown,
2: man, he surprised me today. He he, he balled out. He, he, he that balled guy has out. a lot of potential, and excited to see what he does for you guys next year.
1: Yeah, man, it's definitely a big jump from year one to year two, and he showed that, so I'm excited as well. All right, so we're going to start off the show with NBA Trade Talk. There were two huge trades that just went down this past week, and I want to start us off with the trade that – Seemingly shook the entire league when Chris Paul, who was one of the best point guards in the league, was traded from the Los Angeles Clippers to the Houston Rockets. In return, L.A. received Lou Williams, Sam Decker, Patrick Beverly, and a bunch of other guys not even worth mentioning. I mean, this trade, in my opinion, not just me, but everybody thought it was absolutely highway robbery. Chris, what's up? Talk to me. Let's talk about Houston first. How would you grade the team? I mean, sorry, how would you grade that trade for them?
2: Uh, I'm going to give Houston a B here. I, I really like what they did. The only reason I'm not giving them an A is because of the usage rates. Um, uh, usage rate is kind of crazy. It's pretty much how much a uh, player gets used in the game. Westbrook pretty much broke the record last year over 42. Harden was 35, and Chris Paw is around 28, meaning that there's only one basketball, so it's going to be interesting to see how they play together. But that being said, if anybody can figure it out offensively, it's Mike D'Antoni, I'm hearing rumors about this double pick and roll, which is going to be crazy. Essentially, what it is is that Harden gets the ball to, to pick with uh, Capella or Nene, and after that pick and roll is done, the weak side comes and helps, uh, they pass it over to Chris Paul, and then he does his magic with uh, Ryan Anderson or one of the other bigs there. So if they do that, the defenses are just going to be scrambling all the time, and it's going to be scary to see. Harden was first in pick and rolls, and CP3 was uh, top four, if I'm not mistaken. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play together, what their dynamics is going to be like. But if they can figure it out, man, it's going to be really, really fun to watch.
1: Definitely, man. Those are excellent points, Chris. But I'm going to have to disagree with you on the Houston end. I'm going to have to give this trade a D, actually. Oh, now, before, before we get crazy, I'm just going to explain why. I know that that's a low grade, but the Rockets, they were a really good basketball team last year. They were in a loaded Western Conference. They went 55-27. and I know they went to the semis and they lost to the Spurs in six. So, obviously, you would want to retool. You'd want to make some moves to get you over that hump, and I get that. However, I just felt like they gave up too much in terms of their depth. In the Western Conference, you need depth. Beverly is the heart and soul of that team defensively, and the Rockets do not play much defense to begin with. So I can only imagine what will happen now and how they'll play on the defensive end. Lou Will as well. Lightning. He's an immediate scorer off the bench. He can come in. He can actually start, and I would say probably 85% of NBA teams now. He just happens to be the sixth man on a lot of these teams because they have guys who can start that, that, that are good, which is understandable. But now he's gone. So that lightning rod, which they were able to turn to when James would have to go on the bench and get some rest, is now non-existent. It, it, like, it's like all successful playoff teams, I feel like they have a lot of depth, depth, and it's very important, especially in this day and age in the NBA now. So, you know, I feel under Mike D, they were able to make great strides. They became a good team. They went not far but they took the Spurs to sixth game, which says a lot. And I had a lot – I had very high hopes for them. And right now, those hopes kind of just seem grim at this point in time. I feel like they just set themselves back a bit because they gave up a lot of their depth and a lot of their defense. And, uh, you know, I just feel like when you look at the team, it may look great, but I'm not really too sure how this deal will actually pan out. So they definitely could have tried to retool and – Uh, like a trade or, but not CP3. They had about $12 million in cap space um, going into year's end. They also could have made trades for a guy like um, Anderson, excuse me, who was making way more than what he should be at $19 million a year. Um, I would have done a salary dump of some sort for him or even ate a third of his deal. You would have cleared up about another 13 mil at that point. And then they could have used that to get somebody else. You know, who can play the wing or play good D down low, whatever the case might be. And I understand that they shoot threes, which is fine. But they have a lot of that. You know what I mean? So I'm not trying to take away from who they are, but I kind of just feel like they gave up too much. They gave up too much depth, and they could have gone another route to, to try to retool without having to give up so much. And I know like Lou Will and those guys. It may not seem as much. But for a team who doesn't really play D, I just feel like they really, really need that depth, and I just feel like they lost it. So I'm not too sure what will come of it of next year. I understand you still got, you know, CP3, who's one of the best guards in, in the whole league. I get that. But when it comes down to when you have to play the Spurs or Golden State or whoever it is that's really up there, I'm not sure if they can outlast them.
2: No, I, I, I agree with that. Their debt, I mean, it's, just, it's crazy how much they gave up to the Clippers, um, especially at Chris Paul's his peak at this point. Um, you mentioned right. some very good points. I'm, I'm actually interested in seeing your take on Chris Paul playing with Mike D'Antoni. I mean, we saw what D'Antoni was able to do with Jeremy Lin. We saw right. he, what he was able to do with Harden last year. So do you think that even though he's Harden past half of the speed, do, do you think that Chris Paul next year puts up some crazy numbers or do you, do you not see it working out?
1: So, Harden was a beast last year, and he ran the point guard extremely well. And we know that the system that's in place is effective and that it works. But now you're bringing in a guy like Chris Paul, and I'm not too sure what his role is. So, I'm not too sure if he'll be the same CP3 that we've known for all these years, like a 20-10 and guy, because Harden demands the ball a lot. Like you said, that usage rate is very, very hot in CP3 as well. So I'm not too sure in terms of stats who will do what or who will put up more points, but I feel like it'll be very hard to make it work. I'm not sure both of those guys – I mean, I'm not saying that they can't be on the floor at the same time, but I'm talking about long-term success. Will it be able to pan out? And at this point, I'm not too sure. You know, I guess we'll just have to wait and see until next year, but both of those guys demand the ball. And that's something to think about as well.
2: And I definitely agree with that point. Um, and and one last point regarding Chris Paul's contract, that one-year contract. Is it a rental? Is he there, you know, is he, is he, is he trying to do that uh, full-time? Or is he going to end up playing with that banana boat team, as they call it? Uh, I mean, do you give this guy a five-year contract next year at, at his age, it's kind of it's kind of scary if you're the Rockets. But I don't know if the Rockets are done. I don't know if they're done making moves. I mean, I do right, know if they just got right. P.J. Tucker. Uh, who knows right. if they're, what's up their sleeves? So we got kind of got to wait and see. But for now, I do agree. They gave up a lot, and, and it's going to be interesting to see what Chris Paul does playing alongside a person that pretty much needs the ball in their hands every possession.
1: Yep, that's very true. And um, I think from now on, he'll just get, like, two-year deals, three-year deals because he is up there in his age now. So I don't really see him with a five-year deal max, you know, teams won't give that out to him, especially because of his age, but he still is good. He still plays very well. Um, So I think he does a bunch of two-year deals. I think he maybe has two, two two-year deals left and maybe that that's it. I'm not too sure. Um, But, but an Annabelle team, (laughs) I know there's a lot of talk about that and a lot of hype. I just don't see it. And if it does, go down that way, I'm not sure if they can actually win the whole thing. You know what I mean? A lot of these teams are young. They're running. You know what I mean? And they have to be able to keep up, and that will be an older team. D-Wade is, what, 35? Melo is 33. Bron is 32. You you know what I mean? So if it's not happening this year, let's add one year to next year. If it does go down next year, do we really think – that that'll be a team that'll go all the way and be the golden state. I don't think so. You know what I mean? So I'm not too sure. I think that that ship has sailed a while ago and uh, I'm not too yeah, no, sure about that one.
2: No pun intended. I like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was the CP3 uh, trade, man. It definitely shook up that league and uh, I'm excited for next year, man. It's It's only July and we're talking basketball still like, mid season form.
2: Definitely. And and as far as the Clippers, man, I, I like this for the Clippers. They the resigning Blake, having all this, you know, all these players that are just gonna they're gonna be a team that every every team is not going to want to play. They're gonna play physical, they're gonna push you around. And it's gonna be fun to watch them play. Um I, I don't I don't think the Clippers lost too much, to be honest. I think they what they ended up getting in return, I think it's gonna allow Blake to play And uh, his game, he's going to be able to create for others. Uh, As a power forward, uh, he really didn't get a chance to do that too much, uh, playing alongside with Chris Paul. So I'm excited to see how his game kind of develops into, like, the full version of what his game could be, which is pretty much a a, a big man that can create for others. So it's going to be interesting to watch.
1: So what would you give them for that trade on their end?
2: I'm going to give them an A in the sense that they pretty much could have just lost Chris Paul for nothing. Right. Um, and I've said they ended up getting getting these pieces that can pretty much be a foundation for something something special in the long run. I don't trust Doc Rivers at all, but right. I kind of I, I like I like what he did here and and re-signing Blake was big. Um, I'm curious to see who, who starts for them, you know, at that two and three position next year. But like you said, Lou Williams, Beverly, that's that's a good backcourt. You, you put that with Blake and DeAndre. I mean, it's gonna be a good team to watch
1: for sure now i have to for, for myself i would grade this trade i would say a b plus um the reason for that is that they were able that they were not going to be able to retain chris paul blake jj and they already paid dj i believe 21 mil so he's already making big bucks and it would be virtually impossible to keep all those guys they've been that core for quite some time now and it hasn't worked So we know that J.J. obviously now has moved on. He is now playing with the Sixers, which we'll talk about in a few. And L.A., they were able to re-sign Blake, and he'll now become the face of that franchise once more, which really was just for about one year, his first year, and then they brought the rest of those guys in. But it was a good move for them. CP3 could have just walked away. He was going to go to uh, Houston, and they would have not gotten anything back So this was a very smart move by them, considering that CP3 did plan to actually leave. They got an elite defensive point guard in Patrick Bev, as well as Lou Will, who can slot right in as the number one or the number two guy. Most likely the number two guy. Um, Now is it CP3 or JJ? No, but it was a good return for a guy who was going to leave regardless. And they also got Blake and DeAndre, and hopefully they can build on that. You know, a lot of team, a lot of times guys lose their star guy and they suck for the next 10 years. So I don't see this really being the case for them. So it was a good move for them, and hopefully they can, you know, continue to build on that. And, you know, I know that the West is stacked now, but I still that this, I still think that this could be like a number five to seven seed in the West. And then, you know, they can see where they go from there. So the most important thing was to not become a lottery team, and I think that they put themselves in a good spot to uh, avoid that. <clears throat>
2: I agree completely, man. I do.
1: So if I have to say who won this trade, I'm going to go with the Clippers. Um, I think that they just got a better haul for the guy that they gave up and they set themselves up in the in the long run. So I'm going to go with them.
2: I, I'd go with the Clippers as well for now. Uh, but I, I'm curious to see what else the Rockets do. That P.J. Tucker sure. signing was huge, and, and we've got to yep. see what, what happens next.
1: Definitely, definitely. So that was exciting and shook up the league for sure. So I'm going to give them the W on that one. It was a good trade for them. I'm sure that they're going to be uh, okay in the long run. So now I want to discuss the next big trade that went down just last week. We're actually going to tune in, uh, cueing one of our callers, our first caller of the night.
3: Hello? Hey, how you doing, Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller?
1: (laughs) How you doing? (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> good good name? Uh, I would like to discuss this uh, Topic about CP3 before you switch Subjects
1: sure may I have Your, your name sir uh,
3: It's a uh, fraud Fraud Yes correct
1: Nice to have you on thanks for your call
3: Thanks guys okay A couple things here What was your grade again for the Clippers Losing CP3 Because if you can tell me who's going to score on the Clippers, you have to convince me then that was a smart trade. They're going so, nowhere this year without CP3.
1: So I gave them a B-plus, and the reason for that was because CP3 was going to walk regardless. So I would rather have solid two solid guys. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that they'll win the whole thing or that they'll go far, but the fact that they were able to get two solid guys – for their star who was going to walk for nothing, i take that any day. Just me, for, for myself, in my personal opinion.
3: And, and how, I mean, Beverly's a great defensive player, don't get me wrong, but right. who's going to be throwing the lobs to DeAndre? Who's going to find Blake on the wing? They're not going to score
1: at all. Right. It definitely won't be the same team, you know? And they I'm could not, have got a better I'm deal at that. any point. Okay, so if that's the case, then who do you think that they could have possibly gotten from that team? Who could Houston have given up that would have made that L.A. team a better team?
3: Um, Maybe even Houston wasn't the best option. At that point, they're doing Chris Paul a favor by sending him to a team he wants to go to. That's true. They could have accepted or heard another deal from another team.
1: That's true. And that is a very good point, you know, but I I just feel like for us, I'm not sure if we truly know who picked up that phone to actually give them that call and, you know, what they could have gotten. You know what I mean? Like we can only know what what is being told to us. So I'm not too sure who might have, you know, picking up that phone or called, but that's a very good point. I'm not sure if they shopped him and said, hey, guys, CP3 is up for sale. If anybody wants him, send us your best bet, and we'll go from that point. I'm not too sure if they did that, um, but I still just think for a guy who was going to walk, it wasn't too bad that they were able to get solid guys. But for their own team, they have to add more. They have to add another piece somehow, some way, that will help them score. And I agree with you on that completely, and let's see if they make that move.
3: All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, I have one more question, and I'll just hang up and let you answer it. Uh, on the yeah. Houston side, I mean, CP3, in addition to that team that already did very well last year in the playoffs, it's, it's only going to make them better. And players like Ryan Anderson, who wouldn't get a ball from someone like Harden, now have multiple options from Chris Paul, Harden. Uh, Ryan, of course, will do, you know, his thing, which is shooting threes, which they're great at. And I think Chris Paul adds that factor to them. Right. He has an additional three-point shooter and a, an amazing right. passer and an elite defender. So I think the opposite was game for Houston, and I'm going to see if hopefully that takes them to the uh, to the West Finals.
1: Chris?
2: Hey, man, I, I agree with that. I mean, like I said earlier, it's kind of hard to to, to really – put it into uh, into words right now what they can and cannot do because we haven't seen them play together. But if Mike D'Antoni can figure out a way for both of them to be effective and play their games, Houston's offense is going to be really scary. And if they keep adding these defensive-type players uh, like uh, P.J. Tucker, I mean, they're going to be an interesting team to watch. There was a podcast earlier today with Darren Morey where he basically said they were trying to go uh, after Iguodala. So if they go after players like that, I mean, Houston can be scary. I don't think they're done. I think they have they have a couple more moves up their sleeves. So um, I, I'm right there with Rod. I think that they will make the Western Conference Finals.
1: Rod, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate it, and we hope that you continue to listen to our show for a long time as you have been. Thanks a lot, Rod. We're gonna welcome in our next guest now. Hello. Hello. Yeah, my bad, man. How are
4: you? Getting in right?
1: I'm good, man. Hello? What's your name, sir? Welcome to the show. Yeah, this is Naj, man. My bad.
4: I was in a little loud area. What's going on, brother? Yeah, man. Not much, man. Uh, You know, all of this stuff is going to give people a lot of time, a lot to talk about over the summer. But some of this stuff is is a real big stretch. Like, for one, this whole narrative of, well, Harden and, and CP3 have to have the ball in their hands. Look, honestly, Harden had the ball in his hands way too much. The usage rate always showed diminishing returns when they got deep in the playoffs and he started to be fatigued or he started to make mental mistakes because he was handling the ball too much. And when you play better teams and you're making, you know, 80-something percent of the decisions each time down court, you're going to start to crack a little bit. And that's when you see the careless turnovers. Remember that infamous crossover off the insole of his shoe out of bounds? That's when you see things like that. So, no, this is a good move for him. Now you'll be able to have a fresher Harden in the playoffs. And CP3 can play off the ball because he's such a good shooter. And, honestly, old big hip CP3 doesn't have the same wiggle he used to have as far as blowing by people.
1: That's So, true. that'll
4: kind of extend his effectiveness and career. So, I, I think it was a good trade overall no matter what. You had him over a barrel. Uh, I'm sure they didn't want to give up the young big, who I think D'Antoni didn't play enough anyway. But, I mean, if you're the Clippers, hey – you're a guy like Balmer, uh, you're selling on Blake, this is what you got. I'm sure Blake will put up video game numbers, but I don't know if it's gonna to lead to them, you know, really being anything in the West. So uh, I don't think so either. This is you know, yeah, this is the arms race right now. Everybody's loading up and people are making the the bad decision of saying, Well, such and such can't beat the Warriors. Nobody well, nobody's built to beat the Warriors. But the NBA has a funny way of going about things to where Injuries happen, dissension mm-hmm. happens, trade Very demands true. happen. All of these super teams who we all say, oh, such and such are on the same team together, they're going to win eight in a row. It never happens because things outside of what we normally can predict happen. You know, a thing called life. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. remember Harden yeah, and Duran and Westbrook, were going to win 10 championships. Remember that? <laughs> so, you know, this, this is how that plays out. And as far OKC, I love the Paul George move. Get him on the rental. You only gave up two guys you really weren't that interested in. Oladipo's contract is off your books, which is a great thing. Uh, You know, you gave up young Sabonis, but I don't know if you gave up a lot in him. So you bring in George for the one-year rental. If it works well, you convince him to stay. If it doesn't, you start the rebuilding process and, uh, you know, inevitable Russell leaving. So,
2: you know, you got to kind of prepare for it.
1: That's happening for sure.
2: So, so now let me ask you a question, man. If let's say the next year passes and and they get to the Western Conference Finals, they play great. Now, now it's free agency time again. Chris Paul wants a five-year contract at his age. You will you give that to him if you're the Rockets?
4: If I'm Daryl Moore, yes, I would. And the reason I say Daryl Morey especially would is because Daryl Morey understands something real real about the new NBA. No contract is unmovable. When we saw Joe Johnson get traded, that should have let us know. As those right. as those years go by, every deal point. can be moved. It's better to keep an asset as opposed to just letting it walk free, where you can't get anything from it. Daryl Morey will turn that into five second rounders and some, you know, late <laughs> big or something in 2023. So no, no, you 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 keep the asset and you figure out a way to turn it into something else. And the wild card of all of this is Carmelo, because I, I would compare this to Garnett's last year in Minnesota. Everybody is underrating him now and looking at him, you know, from a different position when really right. Carmelo is still a really, really good player. And if he's, he's the second bold. or third option, he'll thrive. But people are convinced that he's a bum and then, you know, it's all his fault that the Knicks are horrible, but he's going to get a gem and Melo and he's going to really, you know, shift the balance of power and help somebody. If it's Cleveland or Houston. Now, if he goes somewhere else, you know, all bets are off. It'll just be all empty right, numbers right. again. Yeah. But and we'll we're, we're,
2: Yeah, thanks. And we're definitely going to talk about that later in the podcast. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I do agree with you. I, I think Chris Paul and Harden, that's uh, so why I gave it a B. I think that they have the potential to make it work. Will it work? I think we still have to wait and see. But if there's anybody, you said, if there's any GM in the league that can do it, it's him. That that Rocket team has, has been ahead of the curve for a while, and I'm excited to see what they end up doing together. It's time for them to make oh, that leap. Oh, yeah.
4: Calculator lead. man is thinking of something right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> and honestly the trades he doesn't make are probably the best moves that he has. Cause he comes up with so many ideas. So the things he kind of stops himself from doing are probably the best thing for him, but that's what you have to do. You have to explore. And these innovative yep. franchises will continue to get players and these other teams will continue to re- rebuild every
1: few years. Fall to the wayside. Thanks for the call, man. We really appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. Take care. All right. All right, so that brings us into our next trade, which we were about to tap into. Um, Went down last week. Paul George going to Oklahoma City Thunder in exchange for Sabonis and Oladipo. Now, we know that Paul George has been in a lot of rumors dating back to last year around this time, and they really ramped up at the deadline of this year. Nothing really went down. So going into the offseason, it was almost for sure that he would be traded away, especially when he told the Pacers front office that he was leaving in the summer of 2018, no matter what. Pacers lost all their leverage at this point, and they really, you know, he, he really forced them to make that kind of trade. The Cavs, the Celtics, and the Lakers, they were all involved in this race. And somehow OKC kind of just came in and snuck up on them, and they made the offer, and the Pacers took it. So what were your thoughts on that? Was this a bad deal? Was it a good deal? Talk to me, Chris.
2: Listen, man, anybody that knows me knows that I am not a fan of Sam Presti. Uh, he drafts really well. I'll give him that. But I, I, losing Kevin Durant, losing, trading away Harden, tr- eventually trading away Ibaka for nothing, Jeff Green. I, I think that uh, he's made some really bad decisions. All that being said, I have to give this an A. Uh, this is a good move for OKC, in my opinion. Uh, like that gentleman just said on the phone call, it's, it's a rental, in my opinion. I, I think he ends up in the Lakers next year. I, he, the, the, there's so many reasons why I think that. Um, essentially, when he went on, a, a, I think it was a Jimmy Kimmel, and, and just didn't really turn away any rumors, didn't really shy away from it. He seemed really confident. It seemed like he wanted to play in L.A., and now rumors are coming out that he wants to play there. So if this is a rental, I still have to give this an A. I think that ultimately, um, you know, he he basically – First of all, Oladipo makes 21 million a year for the next four years. Let's start there. It, uh, Paul George makes made 18 last year. He'll make 19.5 next. So, on a financially speaking, financially speaking, it just makes a lot of sense. Um, moving on from that, I think that Paul George. I don't. Really, I'm not in love with Paul George's team as a as a option A as as the first option. But as a second option, I think it works perfectly. He's not a great leader. He's shown that he's not a great leader. But Westbrook has been. The heart and soul of that team, and he just needs somebody to help him out. And I think Paul George is going to do just that. I, I think that this, this is going to make that OKC team just a little better uh, as far as seeding. But I think ultimately in the long run, they're, they're going to be really good next year. And then this also gives Westbrook the. Uh, I think it's a little more of that trust uh, for that OKC franchise, you know, from Westbrook's point of view, where they're not scared to make the big moves when they need to. And um, you know, I think I think it's a good move. I think next year they they'll play really well off each other. Um, Oladipo didn't really ever play well with Westbrook. Uh, he's not a good shooter,
1: so it didn't really make sense. But this trade, I'm going to I'm give it an A. I'm going to have to say the same thing. On OKC side, I'm going to give it an A. On uh, the Pacers' side, so I'm going to give it an F. But I'm going to speak about OKC first. For the same things that you said, they really tried to say to Russ, hey, stay. Let's pair you up with someone who you can really thrive with. And they actually made that move. They actually took the first step to say, I think that we can do great things. Let's bring in a guy like Paul George. Let's see what goes down this year, and let's see what will go down next year. Will you stay or will you walk? So it's really going to put them in a tough spot, especially if they do well. So I'm excited to see that. But I give them the A because they gave up nothing. They gave up nothing for a guy like Paul George, who can play the two. He can play the three. He's a... Defensive guy And I think he'll add a lot to this team They have Russell Westbrook, Paul George Cantor, Adams And Roberson as well That's a solid starting five That is a solid five for sure And if you were able to get Paul George For two guys who didn't do much For your team, you definitely won this deal So I like what they did I like the fact that They didn't give up much But Pacers, super lost I give them the F. But, again, they weren't really in a position where they could demand so much, especially since he said, I'm walking next year no matter what. You know, so you really got to just kind of take scraps, either the 25-cent bag chip or the 50-cent bag of chips. Either way you look at it, it's a bag of chips. So can't really fault them too much for that, but I'm excited to see OKC next year too for sure, man. I think they're going to be a solid, solid team. So... I'm going to welcome in our next caller. Hello?
5: Hey, hey. What's
1: going on? Who's calling? How you doing? Welcome to the show.
5: Hey, what's up, man? This is Kent.
1: Hey, Kent. What's going on? Nice to hear from you.
5: Likewise, bro. I am one of the few legitimate OKC fans as I've been following since they were the Seattle Supersonics.
1: (laughs) I like that. I like that. You from that side, right?
5: That is correct. And I definitely agree with what you said. Um, I really feel like, yeah, they are trying to get Russ to stay. I I can't remember. Maybe you guys would know better. Did Kevin Durant also announce his move through a magazine like LeBron did with Sports Illustrated? He sure
1: did. We did.
5: I honestly feel like that is the new model. And I feel like part of that model includes winning your rings and then coming back to your hometown. I think not only are they lining up for Russell Westbrook to stay – I think they're ultimately lining up for Kevin Durant to come back, and I know that sounds crazy, but I think KD is also trying to be LeBron. Chris, that's an interesting take. I mean, it, it it does
2: make sense as far as what OKC would want. I am one of the very few people that thinks uh, there's more to the uh, Westbrook and Durant relationship or friendship. Um, I don't think they. I don't think Durant likes playing with Westbrook. I, I think that that's one of the reasons why he left. Uh, say what you want to say. I think if they were really good friends and if they enjoyed playing basketball with each other, they would make it work. And we're seeing it with Durant now with the Warriors where he's literally taking a huge pay cut to play with the same team again. Um, if he really liked playing with Westbrook, I think he would have done the same thing. Um, I just don't see it, but I also would love that. I, I would love that, Kent. I think that, that would be great for, for Durant to go back to, to, to OKC and, and take them to the promised land.
1: Now what in yeah.
2: Seattle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now now, Kent, to your point, I just want to make it known that KD actually signed that two year deal for fifty-three million dollars, but that two year deal has a player option for next year. So let's just say if Golden State wins the chip again this year, KD now has two chips. Is it possible that he can go back home? and win a chip for OKC. I don't see why not. You've already won two chips. You went to Golden State. You did what you had to do there. And if they're set up with a Paul George and a Russ, and now you add a KD, don't count, on, don't count that out, bro. That's a very good point. And I hadn't thought about that until now. But I think that very well could be the case. Or Russell Westbrook and Paul George can go to the Lakers next year both guys from that side of town who have been very vocal about their wants to go on the West Coast and play for that team. So I think it will be very interesting to see what goes down, especially after this year, if OKC does well, if Golden State wins that chip, who knows. But those are two very good options for them, and it will be great regardless.
5: Awesome, man. One last thing before I go. You guys should make Instigator Rod a part of the show every week. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a um, lot, Kent. We appreciate the call, bro.
5: Have a great night, man.
1: All right, take care. Bye bye. Later. Well, that was Kent, a true, true Oklahoma City, pre, I'm sorry, post Seattle Supersonics Oklahoma City fan. Uh, so it's always have it's always great to have uh, takes from true fans from these teams. Last, year, last week we had some Nets fans on here as well, Celtic fan and myself. I was trying to get a Bulls fan on here too. So you guys can just call in. Let me just give you the reminder to the number. For those of you listening in, it's 646-564-9820. That's 646-564-9820. Now, we're going to move on to another, not a trade that's gone down yet, but another Possible trade. Oh, before we get into the next possible trade, I really wanted to take this time out to discuss this Paul George trade because my team, the Celtics, was involved in this Paul George talk and they didn't pull, um, they weren't able to pull that deal off. And there was a lot of backlash about it and, you know, Ainge and he likes to hoard picks and all this other stuff. And they could have given them way more. That's true. That is very, very true. We could have given them more, but. The fact that the Pacers only received those two guys tells me that Paul George said, I'm walking to the Lakers next year no matter what. It's pretty much a done deal at that point. So if all the other teams were aware of that, why would they give up first-round picks? There was absolutely no picks in this deal. None. There was not one pick involved in this deal. And that all but confirms what all of Paul George's friends said, what he said, that he's walking next year no matter what. So I can understand why you wouldn't want to give up a piece of your core, why you, want, why you would not want to give up first-round draft picks, and it makes sense. It has nothing to do with Ains trying to hoard picks or anything of the sort. It has to do simply of you have to be smart, and there's no guarantee that even if he came to the Celtics next year and they did make that trade, there is absolutely no guarantee that he resigns. So it doesn't really make much sense to give up a valuable asset or a valuable piece of your team when you have no promise or guarantee that he will stay the next year. Now OKC can roll the, the, the OKC can roll the dice on him. They can take that gamble because they're in a position to. A Boston is not. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year and you do not want to retract. You want to build, not only for next year but for the next three to five years. So I just want us to kill that talk about Danny Ainge. I know there's a lot of guys out there who hate him, which is fine. But when you look at the return that the Pacers got, it all but confirms that it is inevitable that Paul George will be walking to the Lakers next year.
2: Can can I cut in here, Justin? I'm actually curious about this because uh, real quickly, I know you gave Indiana a really bad grade. I don't think Indiana did that bad, and this is the reason why. I don't remember the last free agent superstar that went to Indiana. Indiana right. pretty much is the farm system as they do in baseball. They pretty much just draft really well and home breed. uh from Jermaine O'Neal getting uh, traded from the Blazers and, and him kind of improving to uh, Danny Granger to now Paul George. They pretty much just developed that talent. That being said, Oladipo, Oladipo is four years. They obviously saw something they liked in him. Who knows what he ends up being. I, I think that that was smart. They, they don't have anything to lose on that end. So right. um, my question to you, though, is if you're the Celtics and you are the second best team, or you you were the the best team, best, top seeded seed in the East, um, second best team after the Cavs. You you know you're you're on the you're at that verge of signing Hayward. Don't you take that one year gamble with Paul George if if they're asking for let's say Avery Bradley and a future first rounder, maybe not you know maybe not the one that we're all thinking about the next pick, but maybe the you know some future first rounder. Do you not do that trade if, if for I, one year rental
1: Paul George? I definitely would do that trade, but it was only if Hayward would come here first. But they pulled this deal a few days ago. So they didn't want to wait to see if we got Hayward first. And we were only, in terms of like cap, we would have only been able to get both of them if we signed Hayward first and then made that deal for Paul George. We could not have made the deal for Paul George and then gotten Hayward after that. And they made it very clear. It has to stay the same. Hayward first, PG-13 next. But they did not want to wait, which I don't blame them, but I feel we could have given them more. We could have given them Crowder, Bradley, and a first-round pick. I would have had no problem with that at all because now that's the point where you make that trade, you make that deal. You take that one year and you say, hey, let's see. Let's see what comes up this next year. Let's say we, you know, win or we go the whole length. And even if we lose, PG-13 would have at least had a taste of winning. So at that point in time, for sure, I would take that deal 10 out of 10 times. But it was virtually impossible because we didn't have Hayward first. We're here now, and we still don't know if he'll play for our team next year. You know, so it was kind of tough, but... There was no way that we, wouldn't, that we would have been able to trade for Paul George first and get Hayward next. It was, it, there's, there's really no way. So, you know, I can't, I can't really be too mad. But, like I said, the fact that Pacers got barely no one in return for him, that all but confirms that he's walking next year. Now, things could change. These guys change their minds every day, every year, it seems like. But there's really no way for us to actually know. But I do. I would say yes. I would make that trade that you said ten out of ten times. But we had to have Hayward first, and I hope that we still do grab him because I'm getting very anxious just waiting for him to say where he's gonna play next year.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. That makes a lot of sense. I don't know why Indiana wouldn't wait
1: if they. If, if I was Indiana, I would have waited. But hey, man, All
2: right. we'll see what we'll see what pans out.
1: Which, which really didn't make much sense because it's not like the first game is, like, next week. You know what I mean? Like, there's still a few months. So, yeah. why not just wait a few days? I think this happened when? Thursday? Friday? Yep, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, this happened Friday. Yeah, yes. Friday. Mm-hmm. This happened on Friday. Hayward met with the Jazz today. He met with Boston yesterday. He met with the Heat on Saturday. So, I want to say by Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll know where he'll play next year. So you couldn't wait just a few more days. You know what I mean? But then again, two guys have said perhaps he just wanted to trade him out the east, which is another good point as well. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. But if they would have, you know, actually waited, then they would have gotten a better deal. But what's done is done. You know, we can't do much about it at this point. So OKC is a good look for them, and I hope that they do well next year. Agreed. So now we're going to discuss the uh, possible the possible trade, uh, and it involves the New York Knicks, which is the home team of the city that we reside. A lot of talk about the Knicks and Phil Jackson and him being fired. I know they said parted ways, but let's be real, guys, he got fired. They're paying him his contract. Uh, but before we get into that, I'm just going to bring in a caller um, for this uh, for this segment. Hello.
6: Hey, what's going on?
1: What's going on? Who's calling? This is Esteban calling from Queens. Esteban, thanks for calling, bro. We appreciate it. How's everything with you? Good. What's going on, fellas? Nothing much, man. we just talking uh, about the Chris Paul trade, the Paul George trade, and I think you called right on cue because we're just about to talk about your team, the New York Knicks. Oh, really? Yes. We were going to discuss the possible Carmelo Anthony trade. Um, This morning, he said he was interested in, in waiving his no-trade clause for Cleveland or the Houston Rockets, who just recently acquired uh, Chris Paul. So in your mind as a Knicks fan, I have two things to ask you. One, which team do you think would be a better fit for him? And two, what would you be expecting in return?
6: In my opinion, the Knicks devalued Carmelo. Um, I feel like what they could have gotten for him a couple years ago has has drastically decreased. I feel for like sure. at this point, you know, they can't really expect much. Um, if they can get a first-rounder, me personally, I would be content. Um, just try to build around Porzingis. And, um, you know, as far as where, where Carmelo goes, like, I don't see anybody getting past the Warriors, so... You know the the whole Houston situation is interesting, but they're still not going to beat the Warriors. So I'm I'm not even sure why that's a a destination for him. Uh, I right. get he wants to play with Paul, but if if anything, he should want to stay in the Eastern Conference more than ever right now.
1: For sure, which so, is very true.
6: Yeah. Yeah. So so um, I mean, um, I just wanted to touch on the Paul George. Uh, situation for a second, not to backtrack, but um, I was kind of giving it some thought, and I feel like the Celtics, I feel like they know something that we don't know as far as Paul George's desire to win. Mm. Because if if you think about, you know, what he's been saying or what's been reported about the whole going to L.A. and Lakers situation, either Los Angeles teams are, are not winning anything anytime soon.
1: Anytime
6: soon. So, anytime soon. So, I feel like the fact that he's interested in going to L.A. proves to them that he really has no interest in winning. He just right. wants to go home and, I guess, I guess, live some type of lifestyle. So, right. I feel like they probably didn't want to give up as much to get him because I feel like he was going to walk no matter what.
1: Right. a so,
6: uh, yeah. No, that, that's it. That, that's just something that I've been thinking about.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's like,
5: actually
1: yeah. That's a very good point, and I never thought about it that way. Um, for for ourselves, me being a fan of that team, I would have rolled my dice with the one year only if we got Gordon Hayward. Now, I would not have done it if we didn't get him. But that's a good point too, because by you putting yourself out there, you say, "I would like to go home. I want to play for this team," and you're basically you're not you know you're not. You're not asking. You're just saying, I'm going here next year and that's it. That means that you're only playing for selfish gain, which is a very good point. And the Celtics aren't about that. The culture that they have is not a team that plays for selfish gain. They've never been that way. So perhaps that was another factor that was involved in the reason why they weren't able to make that type of deal. Or they kind of were like, oh, wait, hold on. Let's think about this for sure before we give up the assets we have for a guy who will walk next year, no matter what. So that's a very good point, and I never thought about that until now. So,
6: yeah. So I mean, I feel like if if he would have been a different type of player, they probably would have gone all in. Like if he was yep. all about winning, I feel like they would they would have probably offered that Brooklyn pick. But since he's not, they, they didn't.
1: And, I, you know, it's kind of weird, too, because the team that he's played for, they haven't won. You know what I mean? So if, if they even sniff, like, being close, then I could see him, you know, trying to want more. But if they haven't won and he still doesn't have that itch to actually win, then what type of guy is he? You know what I mean? So it definitely makes sense. And, you know, it makes you really scratch your head about it. And that's a good point. That's a great point. And I never thought about that, man. Yeah. yeah.
6: We hear about these kind of guys all the time in the NBA, that there's guys that they just care about the money and they care about winning. But, you know, they never
4: really say who's who.
6: So I feel like, you know, in situations like this, you kind of figure out who those players are.
2: Chris? Yeah, I, I agree completely. I'm, I mean, this is the reason why I, I had an inclination or a thought that he would end up going to L.A., what what has Paul George done that he deserved to be in, in uh, Jimmy Kimmel? Has he won something? Has he, has he, <laughs> it just it, it just it just makes it seem like he forced himself in there or his agent forced himself in there for a reason. He likes right. he wants to be a celebrity. He wants to be a star, and you know if that's what he wants, the Lakers are a perfect fit for him. But I, I, I still am brought up a good point. The Celtics. Hello, Chris. Yeah, can you hear me?
1: Yes, I just didn't hear the last part of what you said. Can can you repeat yourself? And basically, it, it seems to me that that
2: Stefan's correct. Uh, it doesn't really make sense as to why, um, you know, he's he's trying to be a celebrity. I mean, at this point, if, if the Celtics saw something in him that would make their team better, they would take that chance, and they didn't. So it you know it doesn't make it, it makes perfect sense why they would pass up on him.
1: Now one last thing before we let you go, I want to ask you about the Knicks, though. Are you gonna like, the train or something? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm kind of in a noisy area. All right. No problem. Um, so, for the Knicks, obviously Phil is out now. I just want to know what your thoughts are about that. Are you happy? Are you sad? Like, what's next? What's next for this Knicks team? Where do you see them being this year?
4: Um,
1: I guess
6: in regards to Phil, I think it's just sad. Um, I'm definitely happy that he's gone because he wasn't doing nothing for the Knicks. And, you know, there's been talk about his mental state and he, he his, his, like the highlight of his Nick tenure has been drafting Porzingis, which, yeah you know, has been good, but, you know, even he has been unhappy. So it was time for Phil to go. But as far as Phil's legacy, it's, it's, it's just been sad as as a Bulls fan growing up as a little kid and, and seeing the Lakers come up and the Kobe Shaq era just seeing how Phil has just ended his, or what looks like to end his NBA career is just sad. It's, it's sad that, you know, he, he just got kind of exposed this way because, you know, there's talk of, oh, if you have, you know, the, the, the greatest player in the world and the greatest duo ever, you know, anybody could win. Oh, but, you know, Phil is the Zen master and, you know, yeah. he's a genius. Yeah. But now it's kind of it's his legacy's kind of tainted because he kind of proved those critics right. Right. with not not being able to manage, you know, Madison Square Garden and the Knicks and Dolan. So, I think it's it's just been really sad, but with the Knicks, what's next is that you just got to do what they should have done when they dropped drafted Porzingis. Just just blow it up, start over. To build. Yep. As, as much as you don't want to rebuild in New York, you, you have to. You can't do both. So, it's time to just build around Porzingis, get young guys, get rid of Noah's contract somehow, and take it from there
1: thanks a lot for the call bro we appreciate it for sure
6: all right guys take care you all have a right, good night
1: so. later all right chris so i'm going to turn it to you because you're a nick fan as well um if mellow is traded what are you expecting back do you think that um they'll get much or what's your expectations
2: you know, it's it's weird to to know what my expectations is as a Knicks fan since the GM doesn't know what they want. <laughs> since GMs don't know what they want, in the Knicks, who is the Knicks GM right now? I mean, it's it's a it's, it's, It starts from the top, and honestly, as a Knicks fan, uh, we say this every year, but it's, I'm, I'm going to try not to get my hopes up. Porzingis looks great. Everybody else, not so much. Um, as far as Melo is concerned, Melo's an interesting NBA player because. A lot of people, I feel he's underrated in the sense that he does one really good, he does one thing really well, which is scoring. Um, And he's never really been in a position, he's never had a team built around him where he can excel in that one thing. They've always asked him to do more and I don't think he's necessarily great at doing more than just scoring. Um, He's a decent rebounder, he's a decent defender, he's a decent passer, but when you ask him to be the best passer or the best rebounder in that team, they're going to struggle. And I think that uh, at this point in his career, uh, he needs to ha- he needs to go to a team where they have that veteran leadership. Um, if you look back at his career, the best two seasons, in my opinion, that Melo's ever had was the year in the Nuggets when he went to the Western Conference Finals, um, you know, and that right. that that was a great team with Billups and and all those guys. And then he had the team with the Knicks when he had Jason Kidd, and both times he had great point guards that that he was able to defer and 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 that was, were able to tell him yes or no, or I'm not giving you the ball, or go post up. Now he doesn't really have that, and I think that either team, Cleveland or Houston, pretty much have the only two players that can control Melo, which is Chris Paul in Houston and LeBron James. And LeBron James yeah. and Melo quick and roll would be deadly, would be deadly in this NBA, especially with the small ball that they're playing. And then if you have Chris Paul with, with Melo and, you know, let's say James Harden on the on the wing, that's a deadly, deadly freaking and roll as well. So I, I think either of these destinations would be great for Melo's career, um, it As a Melo fan, it hurts me to say this, but is Melo one of those guys that Esteban mentioned that is more into his own personal gain than actually winning? What do you think, Justin?
1: I think so. And I've always said this, especially when he signed that five-year deal. He came out and said, oh, the New York Knicks are great. I love it here, blah, 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 which is great. That's fine. But let's be real. He signed here because they were able to offer him the most money. This is a guy who has been content. This is a guy who has said, I'm okay with being an Olympic gold medalist. I'm okay with winning a championship in college. If that doesn't give it – if that does not tell everyone who you are as a player, I'm not sure what does. So, yes, he is in that same boat. And I don't think at this point in time he can be that main guy. He has to be a second or third option for these two teams – and if they make it happen. I just hope that the Knicks get something where they they can say, you know what? Melo is gone. Let's take what we got back. Let's try to rebuild and let's continue to actually grow. So, let's see what happens.
2: Yeah, we got we got to wait and see, but as far as a return for the Knicks, uh a first first round draft pick would be great. Um that this whole Kevin Love and Melo like one on one for one trade. I don't see why Cleveland doesn't just take the chance to do this already. Um Kevin Love doesn't really provide anything that Tristan Thompson or, you know, any of those other guys provide. He was great. I mean, he was good in, in, in the finals, and he, he played, played decently. But, I mean, realistically, I don't think he was a difference maker. Um, and I think someone like Melo in that type of stage, LeBron can get you to the finals. You put Melo in the finals, I, I think he, I, it'll be special. I, I think it'll be special. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But as a Knicks fan, I just kind of want Melo out
1: at this point just to yeah. allow
2: for Zingas to grow
1: to really go. All right, we're going to welcome in our next caller. Hello?
4: Oh, sorry about that, man. I was calling back uh, to finish listening to you guys, but since you're on Melo, can I just say, do we always forget about Melo in the Olympics and what he looks like when he's playing with competent players and he can move off the ball and not be expected to do way more than he's qualified to do? Uh, I, I, like, if you pull up You know, things, articles about George Gervin back in the day. You didn't see people writing like, all right, George Gervin can only score or Bernard King can only score. At a certain point, we we look at players and look at more of what they can't do uh, as opposed to just looking at what they are. And a lot of that is, I I think, you know, how some of the media. Sorry, man, I'm in Atlanta. We got bikes everywhere right now. All right, no problem. But how the media kind of covers things in the way that they're always looking at, you know, uh, half half empty and to be honest uh the players whole pushback right now uh i think a lot of that is narrative driven based on if you don't win chips you're nothing well look man charles barkley stockton Carmelo—these a really good damn hall of fame players so they didn't cap off their career with a ring so what it doesn't diminish them you know what i mean it just means they didn't get that accomplishment but we turned up the noise to the point to where durant would be willing to go to a 73-win team in order to get that Qualifier out of the way So I, I think the the media and the fans Are getting mad at What they asked for
5: which I, I is do,
2: Really, really you, interesting And I do agree with that, I, I think the, the regular season Does count for something, and like you said Melo is really good at that one thing And, and basically before you called, I mentioned the, the fact That Chris Paul, LeBron James These are players that Melo looks up to Players that he respects, and that would Make his game better they would be able to control him and use him as that offensive force that he is. So uh, we we agree with you, man. We, we we definitely agree with you. So thanks for your call and and appreciate you calling back. Indeed, I have a good
4: one, man. And Eight hopefully yellow, we yellow, never yellow, see yellow, Phil I in like that, that. We never see Phil in that GM job
1: again. Never again, right? You <laughs> <Are we> done? <laughs> <laughs> have we hey, seen man, the last of Phil? Come on. <laughs> have we seen the last of Phil?
4: Uh, Has to be, man. That's the ultimate slice of humble pie, man.
1: To be treated like that by a guy like Dolan.
4: Yeah, I think that's.
1: (laughs) Before (laughs) I let you go, I just want to ask you one more thing. You seem like a guy who knows a lot, and you've been around for quite some some time, right? Or am I wrong? Did you just call me old on the line? (laughs) I'm not calling you old. I'm not calling you old, brother. I'm calling you knowledgeable. I'm calling you wise man. man. To teach the youngins. That's yeah, what I'm, I'm, I'm an man. old dude, man. Yeah, I'm <laughs> nah, nah, old,
4: I told you. All right, all so
1: good. so you've seen Phil in his heyday when he was the man. I understand that he was a coach back then. Legacy wise, how does this affect him? Uh, I don't think
4: it, I don't think it it, it affects him legacy wise just because the people who love Phil will still yell rings in your face. Right. But I think most historians and, and basketball people who look at it like look. Red had advantages, he took advantage, you had advantages. you took advantage. That doesn't make you better than everybody, you know, just looking at the tools you had. That was Tex winner's triangle system, not yours, for one. And for two, how'd that triangle work out for everybody else who tried it as they left yep. the field coaching <laughs> tree with that triangle and didn't have Scotty and Mike or Shaq and Kobe? So, I mean, yeah, yeah we, sometimes we just start worshiping coaches, man. And it's talent over coaching always. So, I mean, it's funny, man. He sits down in that GM chair, and he makes bad move after bad move. He re-signs Mello, tells him they're going to contend, and then starts rebuilding while also <laughs> bloating, the, <laughs> bloating the salary cap. So you can't that, have that was, was horrible. And, and, yeah. And, and look, I, I grew up in Illinois, so I watched the Bulls two-dynasty little, you know, three-peats. And I was saying that way back then. So I'm a critic of Phil, so I'm not objective on this, just so you all know.
1: Thanks a lot, man. We appreciate it for sure. We'll definitely be on Thanks, next man. week, and we hope to hear from you then.
4: dude. Y'all have a good one.
1: All right. So that was that on Melo. Very interesting talk. A lot of Knicks fans feel one way. Other Knicks fans feel the opposite way. So either you're on the field train or you're not. But it seems like a lot of guys are more not on the field train than on. So it's all right, though. He's out now. So There's only one way to look, which is up. And hopefully they can move on and improve from here. And um, that's the Carmelo Anthony talk. We're going to move on now to actually the free agents who have signed. Um, And most notably, Steph Curry, which we already knew that he was going to sign with Golden State. He's been underpaid for the last four years, making $11 million a year. And he finally got his payday. A five-year, $201 million Supermax deal. You're mm-hmm. talking about $40 million a year for Steph Curry, two-time MVP, two-time NBA champ. Is he worth the money, Chris? Talk to me.
2: I, I think so. I mean, at this point, I, I'm going to just bring out one stat. When Stephen Curry got drafted into the league, the Warriors were 18th as far as value, valued at $315 million. Uh Now, just to transfer it over to nowadays, the Knicks are at 3300000000 billion, they're the first team. The Lakers are at 3000000000 billion, they're the second. And the Warriors have literally leapfrogged everybody else and are the third at $2.6 billion. If you're telling me Steph Curry has nothing to do with that, then I'm really interested in understanding why. So... Um, we urge all callers to call in and, and voice their opinions on this because I'm actually really curious as to uh, why someone would think that he's not worth that to the three, uh, $2.6 billion Warriors.
1: I definitely get that, Chris, but we also have to think about the fact that Golden State, they weren't worth much to begin with. So obviously he came in, and it wasn't just him, though. He was a big part of the team, yes but you had guys like Clay. you had guys like Dre, you know, you had a great coach. It's a very well-run team. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh man, Steph, you know, you're the reason why. So you definitely deserve $201 million deal. Steph Curry isn't even the best player on that team. KD is. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not too sure that he's worth $40 million a year, especially when you have guys in this league, LeBron James, um, who doesn't even make that type of money. LeBron James is worth more than Steph will ever be. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not buying that he's truly worth it. He's great. He's a phenomenal player. But I don't want us to just live in the hype because he's done something that we've never seen. The three-point shot next to the dunk is one of the best basketball feats that we can watch in any game. It really gets us excited, and I get it. He shot the three-point shot at a clip that no one ever has. So, naturally, we're like, oh, man, Steph is great. Let's go cop his shoes. Let's go cop his shorts and his shirt and all this other craziness. But if you think about it, are we being hyped because this is the first time we've seen it? Or are we actually being hyped because he's that extraordinary He's that good, and I'm not sure that I can say that. He's not even top three in this league. So, I'm not sure how he can really be worth $40 million a year. I mean, that's a hard number to swallow. If I,
2: if I can interject here, I think that LeBron is worth more, obviously. We all know the reason why he can't get that money. Him leaving is the reason why um, the way that the salary cap works and that whole, uh, so that one, you know, basically leave, you kind of are not eligible for that kind of money. Chris Paul would have been eligible had he had stayed in, in the Clippers. That being said, you can blame Steph Curry for, you know, you can't, what does that say? You can't hate the player, hate the game. Steph Curry, at this point, you know, he, who, why would he not take that money if the Warriors offered it to him? In this case, within the Warriors, any team in the league, and Chris, he asked Chris, that
1: amount. Chris, I'm sorry, but you're kind of like breaking up. I'm not sure you can fix that on your end, but we would like to hear what you have to say.
2: Can you hear me now, Justin? Uh, yes. Okay, great. So, sorry about that. Basically, my point was, if and what team in the league not pay Steph Curry this month? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? What team in this league, in the NBA, would not pay Steph Curry top dollar?
1: Top dollar, yes. It's not – look, if somebody offers me 201 mil, I'm going to take it and I'm running. But the question is, is he worth it? And Durant should
2: be the second highest paid player in the NBA, without a doubt. But definitely, is he worth is he Should he be the highest paid player in the NBA? I don't think so. I agree with that. But he pretty much – the cards that were handed to him. I mean, the guy – he was the team. He's been great since he's on the team. He's brought a lot of revenue. And we're just thinking from the basketball perspective of things. But from the business side of things, I mean, the guy is number no one in jersey sales. He's number three sneaker sales. And Warriors uh, season tickets are at an all-time high. He's brought revenue into that city. I mean, there's a reason why he's worth that money. And I am completely that LeBron James should be the first and the highest-paid player in the NBA and then Durant, Durant should be the highest paid in this team. But if Durant is the one that made the sacrifice and took that pay cut, you now Steph Curry's side—it's no brainer on the Warriors' side. Also, we—there's the, there's a point where he only made eleven million dollars over the last four years.
1: So he's been a real I bargain that. for them. That. I will give you that he has played at a discounted price for the last four years. There's no way that we can actually dispute that. But when you're talking about a guy who again, is not the best player on his team, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow. $40 million. And I, I, I just don't want us to be excited and live up in this hype because he's doing things that we haven't seen before. He's shooting the three at a clip we have not seen before. What do you have to say to that? Does that translate to his worth just because we haven't seen it?
2: I
4: don't
1: think so. I mean, I,
2: I think it was Esteban, who was call, who's the call that a person I called earlier mentioned that anytime there's somebody that that is unique in that in that form, we usually want to pay them and get caught up in the moment. Um, that being said, I don't necessarily think that's the reason why he's worth this amount of money. I think that the reason why it, is like as a, as I mentioned earlier, the business side of things, the amount of revenue that he to that organization. Uh, you know, he's, he's, worth, he's worth every penny. Um, I think that's the bigger issue here, where which is I think players are underpaid in general. I think LeBron should be getting paid a lot more than what he's getting paid right now. As is Durant. These these uh owners and these general managers get paid uh, a lot of money to not play this game, and that's you true, know it's, it's not it's not fair for the players. It's not fair for LeBron. Um, you know, have sneaker deals and they have other you know deals and other endorsements, but at the same time, you know, you, it kind of makes you wonder if you're LeBron James. I'm, I'm sure you're thinking, man, that's a lot of money, and I want some of that.
1: For sure, you know that that's that's a very good point too. These guys who actually own this team, these teams, and run these teams, they make way more. So for that, I can say yes. When it terms to what your franchise, I mean, sorry, when it comes to terms of what your franchise is actually worth and what these guys get paid, the argument can be made yes, they possibly could be making more. But I guess we just live in in a time where every year another guy will get that max deal. Conley was that guy last year. We were like, oh, man, he got the max deal. He's getting paid the most in this whole league and this and that. So I guess it will come that time when whoever is the best guy in this league will get that payday and will be the highest paid guy. But, you know, it's all about the amount of years that you're with your team and a bunch of different factors that are involved that will say whether you will get that supermatch deal. So um, the only thing I can say, which I will agree with you on, is that Steph has been underpaid for a long time, so I can definitely understand why now he's getting paid, as he should. As he should. So um, I'm actually going to, you know, we tend to just wait for guys to call in or whatever the case might be, but I'm actually going to send a call out because I'm very interested to hear from – from someone um, by the name of Mike from Queens. And I'm not sure why he's not calling in yet, but I know he has quite a few things to say in regards to this topic. So we're actually going to call out to him and we're going to see what he has to say. That sounds cool, Chris.
4: Sounds good to me.
5: have reached the Uh, voicemail box
3: of 5162503.
1: All right. No mic tonight. It's all right. Maybe we can. What's up? Next time. Next time. For sure. So that was Steph Curry. He signed his Supermax deal. He's back with Golden State. And while we're on the topic of Golden State, they also retained a lot of their bench. Sean Livingston, David West, and Andre Iguodala have all inked deals to remain with the Golden State Warriors for next season. So with the resigning of these guys, as well as the contract of Steph Curry, they were able to lock him back in. And now KD, they're basically the same team. Is Golden State a lock for the NBA Finals for the fourth straight year, Chris? I would say a lock because of the fact that we don't know
2: what can happen as far as Injuries are concerned, but man, it's hard to say they aren't, right? Um, I'm gonna give them an A on this. They run a franchise so well that the second best player in the NBA is willing to take several, they come back to the same bench. And players like David West, Andrea Gadala, Sean Livingston, they're the glue to this team. I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Vince Carter, who I know has been talking with some other teams like the Kings, but I wouldn't be surprised if they bring other veterans to Philly. Um, and they also got a good steal in the second round. That uh, I forgot the, the name right now, but they draft a big man to fill in that Javel McGee role. It looked like they were right on the,
1: the final round uh, for the fourth straight year. I would have to agree with you. Um, Houston has definitely made moves. And I know the last guy said, oh, well, we can't just say that that's the team, team to beat. And, you know, oh, well, they can't beat – Golden State, well, yeah, because Golden State is that good. Golden State is that good of a team that teams now are trying to uh, build their teams on ways to beat them, you know? And that's the team that everybody is trying to beat. And I don't see Houston beating Golden State. I don't see the Spurs beating Golden State. So, I mean, this is practically the same team. So, if it's the same team from last year, they went to the finals last year and they won – I don't see why they can't do it this year. Of course, guys can get hurt. Things can change throughout the course of the year, which I understand. That is all very, very true. But if everything stays the same, Golden State will definitely be there next year. So uh, it was really good on KD's end. And for the team's end, he's a really uh, team player. He's a team guy. And I like the fact that he was willing to take less. He reminds me of my boy, Tom Brady, who's playing – way less than what he should be playing to make sure that they're always constantly putting a competitive team around him that can win each year. So KD's a great guy for that. He has a Nike deal, a shoe deal. He's good. His mom is good. If he has kids, his kids are good. His grandkids are good. That's that generational money. He's good. So clearly he's focused on winning, and I'm glad to see that from him because he's been a great player in this league for a long time. And for seven or eight years, he hadn't won. And a lot of guys knocked on him last year, um, but he did what was best for him. He made that change, and he was able to win that chip. So what I have to ask you, Chris, is does the mindset of those who knocked him last year for that move now change, knowing that he was willing to take less and actually did take less to help his team in the long run?
2: I don't know if it changes. I think that play, a lot of people didn't like the move for obvious reasons. I think the thing that that Durant did very well is that he pretty much outplayed LeBron for a couple games in the finals, and that, and that's the way that he's going back his fans, is really just playing basketball efficiently. He had one of the most efficient seasons in the NBA last year before he got hurt, and I he's my sleeper pick for the MVP next year. I think he's going to end up winning the MVP next year. I think he's going to be very efficient. I think the Warriors are going to win 70-plus games, and I'm curious to see uh, how how the fans react, if that's the case.
1: Very good, very good. So that's the Steph Steph Curry deal, $201 million. um, Golden State, I think they'll be back next year. So I wanted to discuss the other guys who have signed, Uh, one of them being... Jeff Teague in Minnesota. Now, I understand that you've been watching this team very closely, and they've made a lot of good moves. Jimmy Butler, they traded for him just last week. They went out and got a guy like Jeff Teague. What do you make of this move? Is Jeff Teague the better option as a point guard for this team? And just how far do you think that they can actually go, especially since they have Butler, Teague, and Taj as well, which they also signed?
2: It's interesting to me because I get why they had to move Rubio. They wanted more shooting. Jeffery provides steady shooting, but Rubio had one of the greatest months in March and April that, I, that I've seen him have. And I think that it's just hitting his peak. And I think that, uh, he's gonna be he's gonna play great in Utah next year. And I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't they didn't give him one more year to try to figure it out. Um, I think that he's gonna hit his groove next year. And as far as T goes. Jeff Teague is 29 years old, meaning we pretty much left of him in 15. Minutes. I don't really know. I, I'm going to give this more seed. I, I love Kyle Gibson. I think he fits perfectly with his team. Um, I really wanted him to get uh, Matic, uh who's also only 26. Um, I, I don't really give Jeff Teague a uh, pickup too much. I, Kyle already made a little more. Maybe he was just an available. But then at that point, why not get a. a uh, a point guard issue. Um, what do you think? Do you think it was the pickup, Justin?
1: Well, Lowry got a three-year, hundred-million-dollar deal, so I think that might have been on the expensive side for this team. I actually think that Jeff Teague fits. Um, they have a very good core, a very solid starting five: Wiggins and and Cat and Teague, and now Taj. Um, I actually like the fact that they were able to get that guy who can actually shoot. Rubio cannot shoot at all. And, you know, he's been there for quite some time now. So to just say, oh, well, let's give him one more year. I'm not sure that they have that year to actually spare, especially since they went out and made that big trade last week. So I think they're all in now. I think that they're ready to take that next step. There'll be a playoff team next year. And I'm going to say, that they will be the fourth seed in the Western Conference next year. Mm. I know that's steep. I know that's steep. But I like this team a lot. And Tibbs is a great coach. He's a veteran coach. And this is the team that he's built. So these are the guys that he feels can fit the system that he plays. And I'm confident in them next year. And I'm very excited to see what they'll do. So that's my take on that. Jeff Teague was great for them. And let's see where they go from there. Now, the other young core – Um, is on the eastern side of things, which is the Philadelphia Sixers who signed J.J. Reddick to a $23 million deal. It's a one-year deal, but $23 million, a veteran guy added to this young core. I feel like he will bring a lot to this team shooting-wise. He will have free range to shoot. He's a guy that can really score. He shoots the three as well and he's a good guy that can mold the younger guys. He's been in this league for a long time, and I think that he'll help them a lot. I hope that they bring him back after that one year. Of course, let's see how things go. But I'm really, really excited about that pick that they got. They were able to uh, sign him. 23 mil is a lot, but like I said, it's a one-year deal, so it's not too bad. They have a lot to spend, and Philly is going to be a good team next year as well, especially in the Eastern Conference where – Seemingly, everyone has just jumped ship and gone out west. So, I'm going to go say the same thing as well. Philadelphia can be a number four seed in the East next year. I know that they're young and they have a lot to actually prove, but because the East is so weak, I can see them being the number four seed next year. I agree with you. I think JJ Reddick
2: the perfect is exactly what they need. Um, Everyone knows that since cannot shoot. But his vision is amazing. Full, you know, he's going to have to look, a little bit. He's going to be a star in my opinion. Embiid is, is Embiid. His uh, injury and, and health will be uh, important to monitor. That being said, I'm just a perfect fit. J.J. Redick is a high-character guy, good veteran in the locker room. Um, I, I'm really excited to see this Philadelphia team. I see is right to have them as well. So it's going to be exciting to see what he brings. Um, a lot of down there, and I'm curious if you just going to beat up the bench a little
1: bit. And be to watch. For sure, for sure. Um, another guy that also signed was Blake, Gr- uh, sorry, Blake Griffin, which we spoke about briefly before in terms of the CP3 trade. Um, CP3 is gone now, so he'll really be the face of the franchise once more. Uh, I'm not sure how successful that team will be. They need guys who can score. They need guys who can pass, and CP3 was a very big part of that. But even when CP3 was there, they still didn't win as they should have. So playoff team, I think so, maybe like a 6-8 to seed. Um, But then again, the West is stacked, so I may have to retract on that. But Blake was able to sign with them. Um, DeAndre is still with them as well. And um, that's gonna be. I'm not sure. I'm not going to say an exciting team because they won't be. Um, but they had to make that move. That was the only guy that they had left that they can really hold on to to try to build. And uh, it made sense why they gave him the deal that they gave him. You really don't want to give up much. Um, I'm sorry. You don't want to give up a guy like that, especially when you don't have much. So. It is what it is, and let's see where they go from there. They may regress, they may go a few steps back, but we'll see, bro. Additionally, I wanted to discuss the top available free agents. Um, right now, there's really only one, and that's Gordon Hayward. KD came out today, he announced that he signed a two year deal. $53 million. He's staying with the Warriors. Uh, Lowry is gone as well. He re-upped with Toronto. Three years for $100 million. Paul Millsap went to Denver. Um, I don't really have much of a take on that. I don't really like him like that. I mean, he's, he's good, but he's not great. And Denver, they're young, so he may be able to bring some life to that team, but I'm not exactly sure how far they'll go. Um, but Gordon Hayward, man, I mean, I was hoping sometime by the end of this podcast that we'd be able to uh, know what his next move was, but he hasn't announced it yet. Everyone is just waiting. I'm waiting myself anxiously. Uh, Gordon Hayward would be really great for this team, for the Celtic team next year, and uh, I really hope that he signs with us. Yes, I'm disappointed that Paul George has been traded to OKC, but... By us getting Gordon Hayward, we'd still be able to make that stride and hopefully beat the Cavs next year. I mean, there's really not a lot of strong teams in the East. You have us, you have the Cavs, and after that, it's really a big fall-off. So um, getting a guy like him will definitely help improve our team, and I'm excited. I mean, if he comes to this team, man, you know, for the next five years, I think we're going to have something very special. So... We just want to thank Chris. I know he's having some problems with the mic at this point in time, but he was a great co host this week. Uh, we want to thank everyone for calling in. Queen Show love this week as well. Uh, we had guys calling in from ATL and from the West Coast, and it was really nice to hear from everybody. So appreciate the love, appreciate the support. I'll be on again next week for episode four of the Take It or Leave It podcast. Again, My name is J-Rod. My podcast is on iTunes. You can subscribe, undertake it, or leave it. Subscribe, download. I'd really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Take care. Have a good night.